Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our Patreon, Tim Spivey. Thank you so much for your continued contributions to the podcast. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and this is a little bit of an impromptu live portion of the show. A little bit later on, uh, for those who are listening on the download, you'll be hearing the Defending Bad Movies 3D panel that I hosted at Pensacon a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just as a little bit of a forewarning, uh, there was a little bit of an issue with the audio recording. Uh, there is a video version that if you're watching on YouTube or directly on Facebook that you'll be seeing. But uh, the audio won't be as crisp as I would like it to be. So I do apologize for that. But that'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. But there have been a couple of stories that have broken out that I do want to discuss before we get to that. Uh, one being the huge mega deal between MGM Studios and Amazon. And this broke on The Hollywood Reporter a couple of days ago. MGM was sold to Amazon for $8.45 billion. That is a lot, a lot of money. I know that MGM had been rumored to be sold, I think even dating back to last year because they've been having a lot of financial problems. And Amazon has been in the running for that, it seems like, almost as long and I think it's a big deal on two aspects. One being that this does nothing but help Amazon Prime streaming service. Because with the emergence of Disney+, Plus, you know, Netflix is still going to be around. Uh, and you have now Peacock, Paramount+. Plus. It seems like everybody is having some type of a streaming service now. And I feel like Amazon Prime has... I don't want to say become irrelevant, but they haven't been as noted as they have been in years past. You know, I felt like Amazon Prime, yeah, they're not as big on original content, it seems like, compared to those other platforms. 
but you could find a lot on Amazon Prime. And I feel like their their name hasn't been mentioned really in the past year or so all that much. You know, due to, you know, Disney Plus has had huge success with The Mandalorian, you know, now with shows like Mighty Ducks Game Changers, uh, Big Shot, I think is also a, a good show that's on that platform. And obviously with WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, soon to be Loki, you know, Disney Plus isn't going anywhere uh, really ever. You know, they're, they're here to stay. Netflix, while I feel like Netflix has fallen by the wayside a bit, they're still going to be around because they do have shows like Cobra Kai and they have a ton of original content. Hulu is is still around. I mentioned Paramount Plus is now a thing. Uh, Peacock is huge because one big reason is because of The Office and a lot of people love The Office. You know, Samantha and I have it here in the background pretty regularly and now uh, they absorb the WWE network uh, back in March. So streaming services are not going anywhere uh, for the foreseeable future. And I, I think this makes some, some noise because MGM does have a lot of notable properties. They have James Bond, obviously they have the Rocky films. Uh, they have other original shows as well that I'm not as familiar with. Uh, see, Amazon, which disclosed it in April that 175 million Prime subscribers have viewed movies and TV shows on its platform in the past year. It's battling Netflix, which is currently at uh, 207 million subscribers, and Disney Plus at 103. Among its original scripted fare, uh, Amazon has the Underground Railroad series, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, it's also uh, the upcoming Lord of the Rings series, which I know they're spending a ton of money on. Then you have uh, Amazon earned Oscar nominations this year with Sound of Metal, One Night in Miami, and the sequel uh, to Borat, the Borat subsequent movie film. They also got the rights to Coming to America, which they made the sequel to. So, oh, and another thing that has, has nothing to do with movies, but they also have rights to uh, Thursday night football for the NFL beginning in 2022. So this this is big for Amazon in the sense that you know they own the rights to James Bond and I uh, there were those who thought that James Bond might just go to Amazon Prime. I don't think that's the case at all because James Bond is still a very popular film franchise and is still going to make a lot of money at the theaters. So I don't think it affects MGM theater releases quite as much as people might think because those properties are still valuable, most notably James Bond, but you also have the Rocky franchise, which has evolved into the Creed franchise. So it's still, it's still going to be around. I think MGM is still going to be relevant when it comes to theater viewing, but the, the big deal is, this will help Amazon Prime get to another level. And it's going to be interesting over the next few years to see what becomes available to view on what streaming service. Because you have some that cross multiple platforms. Like I'll use Cheers as an example. It's on Peacock as well as Paramount Plus. But Paramount owns the really you think of cheers you think of paramount because paramount is the studio that produced it so eventually i think cheers will become a paramount plus exclusive you're going to have a lot of shows 
that become exclusive to other platforming uh, options. So it's going to be interesting because in a way it's become like the cable wars back in the day when you had you like you had ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS that would all compete for viewership. And now you have the streaming services that are competing for subscribers. And the thing is too, uh, by the time you pay for internet and then you get all these other subscription services, you're really paying the same amount that you would for cable. And I, I still prefer the streaming options because you can watch them at your own leisure for the most part, you know, like I can go on Paramount plus if I want to watch cheers or Frasier, then I just throw it on. And plus, I mean, I have YouTube TV for, you know, watching live sports for watching shows like the voice, the mass singer, those that, that air live, I can still watch, even though those shows are available on streaming platforms the, the following day, but there's still something about that, that live viewership that you can't really uh, duplicate. So I, I think it's a huge deal that MGM was bought out by Amazon. And man, if I just had, like I would take the 0.05 billion at this point. I mean, I, I, I know that money has, I don't want to say become less valuable, but you just hear these ridiculous numbers for things as more time goes on, but 8.45 billion is a lot of money, but I think it's going to be a worthy investment. And I mean, Amazon makes enough money and they have enough money that they can do something like this. And if it doesn't work, then and I think it might've been Bezos that came out and said, you know, this might not work. And it's crazy to think that you would spend that amount of money on something that may not work, but I personally think it will. Amazon prime, streaming service needed a little bit of a, a kick in the rear end. So I, I think this will do nothing but, but help them out on that front. But yeah, the other big story that I wanted to talk about was the release of Cruella, uh, which was released uh, this past week stars Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille. It is an origin story for that character. If you've been living under a rock and you've never heard of 101 Dalmatians, She's the villain of that movie. One of the more popular villain characters. And I, I will admit, even as a kid, I got more enjoyment for the most part for most of the Disney movies. I enjoyed watching the villains more than I did the heroes because I've always found villain stories to be a little more interesting in the sense that, you know, what drives a person to become evil? Like what pushes them over the edge? Because you know, what, what makes a villain great is that in their mind, they're not the villain. Like what they're doing is the right thing. And I think that's why Thanos worked so well in the MCU, because he didn't look at himself as being a villain. He looked at himself as being the savior of the universe. Now he was committing genocide to do it, but in his mind, it was the right thing to do. So I've always been interested to see villains origin stories. And I always liked the Cruella character. She was, I think one of the more fun villains to watch because of her, you know, over the topness. And she's really one of the more evil villains because she's wanting to kill dogs to use their fur to make coats. Now I will be getting into mild spoilers 
with the live action Cruella. And I'm going to try my best not to because I think everybody should go see it. I was intrigued by this movie in the sense that when I saw the trailer for the first time, it looked more like a heist film. And it reminded me a little bit, as far as the feel of it goes, of the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. But it looked like a fun film, and I was very curious to see how they would pull it off. And what I felt they did was they captured the Cruella character, and they made a pretty good origin story for this character. And there's a plot twist that happens in the movie that I'm not going to spoil because it, I felt felt like it was actually a pretty good twist. But the, the general story of this movie is Emma Stone plays a character named Estella who is orphaned at a young age and befriends other orphans named Jasper and Horace, who you know from the 101 Dalmatians film. And they make a living by stealing from people. And then they grow up and they're still doing the same thing. But Estella's dream is to work in fashion. And she gets a job working for uh, the Baroness, played by Emma Thompson, who's like the premier fashion designer uh, in, in London. And through that, she learns things about her and eventually snaps and takes on the alter ego Cruella. And the cool thing about Cruella is she was born with the, the two-toned black and white hair. And that's a, a theme that plays throughout the film is that she's essentially an outsider as a kid because people look at her differently because she has different hair. And even her sense of fashion was very different, but it plays well into what happens after Estella slash Cruella becomes an adult. And it was a very fun movie, and it essentially captured the the early stages of the punk rock era, because the movie takes place in the 60s and 70s. And it captures that like British punk rock era, and it kind of makes you think, did Cruella start it, or was it just there and she kind of pushed it over the edge? But overall, this, this was a, a really, really fun movie. To, to watch. And I, I would highly recommend it. I think Emma Stone uh, played Cruella brilliantly. And the one line that I wanted to hear that I always got a kick out of in the animated movie was when Cruella yells, Anita, darling, you do get to hear that multiple times. I, I want to watch the movie again to count the number of times that word is said, not just by Cruella, but by everyone else. And I, I just thought she played it extremely well. I'm glad that they did this movie. It's one of the better live action Disney adaptations that I've seen. And I, I would like to see more villain origin stories, like maybe an Ursula movie would be pretty cool. I know they're doing the live action Little Mermaid uh, that's in development, but I, I think an Ursula movie would actually be pretty interesting. I think this might open the door for more origin stories because the thing with the, the live action adaptations is that they're different in some ways, but for the most part, we're watching the story that we saw years ago you know, when we were kids or those who are my age, you know, when we were kids 
You know, I can remember very vividly going to see Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, all those movies from that era in the theater. And for the most part, we're seeing the same thing. And it's not that I don't enjoy them because I do for different reasons. But I think doing something a little different might be what Disney should do with these live action adaptations is doing something a little different, maybe doing um, more, more origin stories. And then Disney has, you know, a, a great gallery of villains that they could take stories like Cruella and adapt them for other characters. So I, I definitely want to watch the movie again um, I know it's on Disney Plus with Premiere Access, but I imagine within like the next month or so, it'll just be available to watch. And when that happens, I will definitely watch it again because it was fun. It, I, I think, was it the best Disney movie? No, I wouldn't even call it the best live action adaptation. But I felt like Cruella was a movie that we needed. It's fun. And it's a movie that it's a little thought provoking in the sense that there are twists that happen that you may or may not expect, but definitely go check it out. I really enjoyed Cruella. And for the most part, I've been seeing positive reviews online. I know a couple of people that I know haven't liked it, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun movie, but that's my take on Cruella coming up next for those who are listening on the download or watching on the download. Uh, you'll be hearing the panel from Defending Bad Movies 3D that I hosted at Pensacom a couple of weeks ago. And I, I mentioned this earlier uh, at the top, but I do want to reiterate, there were some issues with the recording. So what you'll be hearing is the camera audio that I use. So I'm going to be cleaning that up as best I can. I do apologize for that. Um, I, I think I know what the issue was. So whenever we host these panels again, I think what I'm going to do is just plug the camera directly into the audio source. That way we won't have to worry about it. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to think that Pensacon, you know, 2022 is going to be less than a year away and it'll be here before we know it. So, um, thank you guys for those who tuned in live for this special, uh, impromptu live segment. But for those who will be listening on the download, here is defending bad movies, 3d, from Pensacon 2021, featuring myself, Jason Robbins, Julio Diaz, and Mr. Michael Dixon. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone's time been at Pensacon so far? Great. Pretty good. Fantastic. Well, my name is Derek Diamond. I am the co-host of the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, as well as the host of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, which this panel is being recorded for. And this is Defending Bad Movies 3D, this time it's personal. This is the third time that we've done this panel here at Pensacon. And first, before I go over the rules, I'll introduce uh, our panelists here. To my right is my co-host from the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, Mr. Jason Robbins. Hello, hello. Also joining us is Mr. Julio Diaz. Good morning, everybody. Has everybody had a great time on the show so far? Yeah. My, I'm glad you're here. I'm doing my job. I wonder if your mic's on. I'm loud anyway. <laughs> 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 
And also joining us is Mr. Michael Dixon. Mike, how are you, sir? I am here. Same. <laughs> test, test. There we go. Try that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how this works, in this hat I have the names of several, several movies that are widely considered to be bad or polarizing. They have their diehard defenders and their diehard haters, so a couple of those are mixed in. I'm going to draw them at random, and the three panelists here have to say nothing but good things about them. If they slip up and say something bad, they get buzzed and they can't say anything until I draw another name. Pretty. Oh, pretty oh please, oh please, have both versions of Justice League. <laughs> we'll see. If you do, we have to give our answer in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> While taking four hours oh, to do so. <laughs> Alright, so let's see. We'll pick a good one here, hopefully. Oh, actually a very recent movie, Wonder Woman 1984. Holy crap, really? I was thinking about that like 10 minutes ago in the bathroom. I was like, hold on. What? In what context? I was thinking about some of the bad movies that came out in the last two years. I was like, Wonder Woman, I bet, hope we get Wonder Woman 1984. Is there anything good you can say about it? Oh, absolutely. Good Gail, Gal Gadot's costumes were amazing. I mean, I love, um, what, Pablo Escobar, um... <laughs> no, that's hey, a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> there might have been some of that going around in 1984, <laughs> but... Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I mean, I love the, yeah, I love the, um, the 80s nostalgia in it, and, you know, I... Yeah. Okay, that's it. I, I actually pretty unreservedly like the movie. I, I mean, I get that there are people that want to pick it every net, but I overall really liked it. I, I mean, I think, I think Gal Gadot always works. You know, she's just perfect in that role, even, you know, for both movies. Uh, I liked the story. I liked Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord a lot. Uh, I liked uh, Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva a lot, too. I, you know, I think most of the film works. Some poor random bastard gets his uh, consciousness replaced by Chris Pine and then got, gets me tooed by Gavin Gadot. For the record, guys, for the record, would you really complain? No! Not at all. I was kind of wishing it would happen to me after I watched Gavin <laughs> Gadot. Yeah, the only thing is you don't get to remember it. True. Yeah, so. True. But does that really matter? I don't know. I guess if you can still brag about it. <laughs> oh, everyone's favorite movie about a genie, Kazam. Oh, you know, I really like Sinbad in that. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh... <laughs> yes, Sinbad. Let's see. It, it's, it's yet another film that proves that Shaquille O'Neal is an amazing basketball player. Yes. <laughs> I don't really think that's a knock. And it has a game that goes along with it, too. Shaq Fu. <laughs> I forgot about Shaq Fu. Hey, hey, you know, and, and does that mean, is that where the, uh, the song with Goose Dickens comes from? Possibly. Yeah, so, I mean, anytime that any, anybody that can use the word entrepreneur in a song, I'm always impressed by that. And I've only seen two people do it. Shaq and Dickie Barrett of Mighty Mighty Boston. So, uh, yeah. 
Jason, you'll like this one. Street Fighter, the original. Hey, I unabashedly love that movie, so there's nothing bad I can say about it. Because John Claude Van Damme, I'm in. Anyone else? You say the original, is there more than one Street Fighter movie? There was Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li that came out, I think, in like oh, the late 2000s. Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay, so one positive thing I can say about the original Street Fighter is it's not Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> I did buy the VHS, so yes, I liked it. And they also have Street Fighter, the movie, the game, based off the movie, which was based off the game. <laughs> I'm still waiting on Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, yeah. the game. Read the Valentine book. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, was that that was the one with uh, Bison's smoking jacket, right? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. That was Raul Julia's. Yeah, his last. Raul Julia's last film. Yeah, last movie before he passed away. I'm trying not to say anything negative about that. That, his last dude, film. that smoking jacket was epic. <laughs> if I had that, I would never take it off. If you've never watched Street Fighter, just look up the clip of Bison's smoking jacket. You will want it. I promise. Uh, Wild Wild West. Uh, Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, <laughs> none of this. Hey, hey, John Peters finally got his giant mechanical spider and it didn't, yes. and it wasn't in a Superman movie, yes. so that in and of itself pulled it out. I actually enjoyed the special effects of that movie. I thought they were actually mm -hmm. not as bad as they could. Now, are you talking specifically about Salma Hayek? Yes. Kevin <laughs> Klein, you know, I'll watch anything that dude's in. And it also inspired a pretty catchy song, yeah. in my opinion. Wicked Wild Wild West. Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West. Rocky Five. Okay, you got to clarify which one that was for me again. There's too many of them. So that is the one Tommy where... Tommy Gunn. Yeah, Tommy Gunn. Ah, okay. Isn't that the one that actually had the speech in it? The good speech that he, the inspirational speech? That, that was from Rocky Balboa. Okay, so that, that's, a, that's a good reason. So which one is the one that ended in the street fight? Was it Rocky Five or was it Correct. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, they fought outside the bar. Uh, well, you know, in any series, uh, any long, expansive movie series, uh, you have your good and your bad. And, you know, of course we eventually that. continued that series with Creed, which is two great movies so far. Uh, so, there's a lot of great movies in the Rocky series. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like boxing. <laughs> That's about all I can say about that. This is another one I was really hoping would get pulled, because I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on it. Venom. Six movies at the same time. That's the one film. Venom is the film for you. I don't remember much about it. That is a huge positive. <laughs> the, 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 mo the most I remember is the YouTube scene that comes up every time him murdering that man in the convenience store. Like a turd. In the wind. In the wind. And I enjoyed that scene. So I'm going to say yes. I enjoyed that scene. And it's true. I watched that movie and I don't remember much from it either, so I guess it wasn't I, that memorable. I am hopeful that, because uh, we, we've got Venom 2 coming out uh, sometime in this post-pandemic world, 
uh, with Andy Circus directing. So I'm hoping with Andy Circus at the realm and Woody Harrelson as, as Carnage. Well, I was a huge fan of the, the Maximum Carnage storyline back in the 90s. So knowing that Woody Harrelson is going to play Cletus Castillas, I'm, I'm okay with that and I'm in. I'll go see it. And the only thing that would be better if they actually, would be if they actually got Cletus the Slapjaw Yokel to play Cletus Castillas. <laughs> I'm excited to see Woody Harrelson as Woody Harrelson as Cletus Castle. <laughs> I mean, he's himself in every role he plays. As, but, as Hamish, as Tallahassee, as... But it works, though. Woody, Woody from Cheers. Yeah. yeah. I'll say this, I actually thought Tom Hardy was a great choice as Eddie Brock. And I think he... He played it well. Yeah. That would be the positive I say about it. They, they corrected Symbiote post-production. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah. Rizzo was in it. Oscar nominee Rizzo was in it. Oscar nominee Tom Hardy. Oscar nominee Michelle Williams. Yeah. A lot of Oscar nominees. <laughs> Not so many nominations for that film, yeah. but. Uh, Constantine, the Ke uh, Keanu Reeves version. I'm an unabashed lover of that movie, and I feel like there needs to be sequels to that because Keanu Reeves can do no wrong in my book. It, it, that is a really good, like, supernatural fantasy horror film. Maybe, maybe should have been titled something else. Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. Come on. Oh, Tilda Swinton is amazing in that movie. I mean, and, uh, everybody is good in that movie. What's his name that plays Satan? The... Keanu is just playing a different character than I expected. That's, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily say that's a negative, but it's... Peter Stormare. Yes. Oh, he's so good. Just Peter Stormare. I like. I just want to watch him do everything. I, I never saw it, but Keanu Reeves was in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you dislike Keanu Reeves? I think it's physically impossible. It's got shot. Uh, have you seen Replicants? I, yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. He, I know he sat there because I was right next to him. All I'm gonna say is Reeves Parton, 2024. <laughs> I'd be down with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got Shia LaBeouf, a young Shia LaBeouf in it. I mean, I can't yeah. go wrong and no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not Transformer Shia LaBeouf, I'm totally saying. <laughs> the Matrix Revolutions. Ah, we're on the Keanu track, I see. <laughs> I actually like the, the Matrix sequels. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I enjoyed them. I can't say I've gone back to them frequently. But I'm very interested to see we're going to get a Matrix 4 pretty soon. Which I'm excited so, about. Yeah, I'm excited about too. I, I think the action of those films is great, the special effects. I actually, when Keanu started flying around in those movies, I really kind of wanted to Keanu Superman for a little while there. Uh, yeah. Dude, the Zion fight is great with all the big uh, mechs, mechs and stuff. That's one of the greatest like action scenes like uh, I've seen uh, since then. I mean, that scene's great. Mm -hmm. The rest of the movie... Can't say much. I don't remember much of what else happened in that movie except for the Zion fight. Mike, you got anything? Um, I'm sorry. Jason woke me up this morning. Um, I think, um, I mean, in a film history perspective, it was a turning point in in visual and special effects. So you have to give it credit, just at least in that merit. Well, and you know, retroactively now we know made by two trans filmmakers, so it's great to see, you know, such high profile trans filmmakers. Inclusion is important and representation is important. So, agreed. Solo, a Star Wars story. I love that movie. And I don't give a shit who's. I'm sorry. And I, and I don't care who wants to argue with me. I loved it, and I got to an argument with the um, 
owner of the local nerd bar, the way with Kraken over it. I loved it. I don't care that somebody else put here before. I think he did the best job he could. I am, I even enjoyed Darth Maul at the end. I thought that was great. I, I wanted to see a sequel. Yes, same here. And I, you know, I enjoyed. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. I like all the new movies. Rogue One and Solo are my two favorites. Like the two best movies on Disney. Now, I, I, overall, the only thing, I can't say negative, so I can't say the only thing I don't like about it. There's, there's actually two things I don't like about it. But overall, you know, I, I love it. I would have loved to have seen the original vision of Lord Miller. Yes. But, I mean, it's Ron Howard. He's not, it's not like he's some half director. Yeah. Man, Willow. <laughs> and to be honest, I like Chewbacca being a martyr. <laughs> I've always wanted him to see rip people's arms off and beat them with it. And threatened with it since the first Star Wars, but never actually got to I know, I'm disappointed. I don't care what anybody says. That Kessel Run part was awesome. I like it. And I'm not going to lie, um, my brain's not going to speed this morning. Uh, Lando. Um, yeah, is there anybody that doesn't want to see Donald Glover as Lando? Yeah, he was perfect. I mean, he was the coolest MFR in the galaxy. I mean, good guy. Look at that guy. Well, we know there's a Lando series coming. We just don't know who Lando is in it. So maybe we'll get some more Donald Glover. You kidding me? It's Disney. They can afford God. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smokey and the Bandit 3. Smokey is the Bandit. Yes. yes. That's the one where. Uh, Snowman is the bandit. I'll be honest, I don't remember yeah, anything. Yeah, Snowman is the bandit, but at one point, the sheriff is, is the bandit, too. That was the original concept yeah. of it, was that Jack and Gleason was going to play both. But audiences were confused, so they changed it to where, um, was it Jerry Reed? Was his yeah. name? Yeah, he was. Yeah, where he, he played the bandit. So it's, you know, it's Jack and Gleason and a far less racist film than the toy. <laughs> so there's that. Yes. <laughs> I, I honestly think after like watching that entire trilogy, that has some of his best moments as Buford T. Just because he's really the focal point of the movie. So I thought it was a great thing to a great platform for him to show his comedy skills. Just what I vaguely remember from it, you know, just nostalgia reasons. I mean, that's a really good thing I can remember. Just, that's just honest. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. I, so we're, we're talking the first Angelina Jolie movie. I slept great during that <laughs> <laughs> the theater and part two as well. I think I fell asleep in the first five minutes. I slept great. I was really pleased to see the cycle. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if I had to kids in here. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. But it's okay. It's, it's side. You're fine. Okay. They're still covering. <laughs> All right. I was very happy. I, I have actually not seen it, but I thought she looked great in the trailers. I think it provided a great... Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Now, I, I, I thought you were going with the Alicia Vikander movie from up there, and actually, I, I like that movie, yeah. I think there's a sequel to it. There it's is. There's something out in the next couple of years. Alright, so now we're getting to the polarizing ones. Okay. And Regan, I wish Christian were here to see it, to listen to this. <laughs> Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Unabashed Defender. I, I like all three of the new films. I have no problem with the same one of them. I, I love the new characters. I love Ray. I love Finn. I love Poe. I'm here for it. Every last minute of it. I mean, I agree. I mean, you can call me naive or just a nerd or whatever, but I enjoy the new trilogy. I mean, I think that Ray and, and uh, 
Adam Driver and everybody did a wonderful job bringing more to life. I know people hate him, but you know that's what makes fandom great. We all we all can't dislike the same thing. We're going to be doing. We gotta have to have a disagreement. Hell, yesterday I defended the Star Wars Ali special <laughs> sitting right there. Oh, see now, I don't know if I can get behind this. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, so. I had no problem with the movie at all. I just felt like they tried to put way too much into one movie, and it should have been two movies worth of stuff they tried to jam into one movie, and it just felt like too much stuff, too quick. Yeah, that's, that's a negative. That, that, might, that might constitute a buzz there. Yes. But I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just feel like there should have been two movies out of that instead of one. Well, and I, I will say this, despite how it was set up, anytime Ian McDermott plays Palpatine, yes. I'm okay with it. Seeing him back was great, and I will totally defend Who was piloting all those Star Destroyers at the end, though? 950 million very weak and shriveled Palpatine clones. <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> you wonder what duplicates of the artificial intelligence that was put into the Falcon from Lando's love droid. That's a story that hasn't been tapped into since Solo, and I like that. I want that movie where this, the Millennium Falcon actually gets like a voice, a, vo a vocoder. I can actually, you can hear it speak. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's not where I thought you were going with it, but I'm glad. Well, I don't want to see Lando uh, doing things with different holes around the ship. I do. I, I would be see uh, He was a little too close with that robot. Is all have you seen the movie Zack and Beery from Kevin Smith? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll move on. Uh, the Adam Sandler classic, Big Daddy. Uh, John Stewart's in it. Yeah, John yeah. Stewart could be no wrong. I would say this, I, I like that movie. I, like I think, it, it, I think it has some, some good part to it. I think... That was the last good Adam Sandler movie. John Stewart and Joey Lauren Adams. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Kevin Smith. Yep. I only saw it once and I, I honestly I liked it when I saw it, but I never haven't seen it since, so I can't really speak for it. I want to say one thing as a guy who who's come from a varied background. The only thing that bothered me was shit is <laughs> was the legal issue of adopting a kid from Toronto in a, in a New York court. I was like, that doesn't work, you have to go through customs and that. Okay, you're getting way too deep into an Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, you want to talk about eight movies in one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bad thing, though? You can buzz me, yeah. <laughs> that is the one with Jamie Foxx, who's coming back. I like Andrew Garfield. I liked him as Spider-Man. He was too cool. He was too cool. He, he was not nerdy enough and not skinny enough. He's a great Spider-Man. Yeah. Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker. Okay. And now we have Tom Holland, Tom who's Holland great. Tom Holland was great. <laughs> I actually, in, in all fairness, have not seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. Really? So I can't. I can't diss it. I'm sorry. I've yet to see you know, Jamie Foxx's Electra. I'll be looking forward to seeing that next time. There's a lot going on in yeah. that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to the Matrix, Matrix Reloaded. 
I mean, everything I said about the previous one, I have been programmed to say about this one as well. Yeah. Did you take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just waiting for the woman in the red dress to walk by. That's that, that chase scene is awesome. I mean, they built an entire, like, a mile-long stretch of interstate just to film that chase scene. Oh, that's so, right. Then didn't, then didn't Mike Bay trace over it for one of the yes, Transformers? Yes, for Transformers. That's right, yeah. Visually, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, that's what I'd say that. Yeah, I mean, that's what, the, I mean, the Wachowskis, that's one of their biggest strengths, is, is the visuals, you know. Um, same thing I said, turning point in film development. X-Men Dark Phoenix. I watched it on a plane, so I couldn't walk out. <laughs> um, I refuse to watch it, so I still have it. It's sitting there in my uh, Disney Plus, looking at me, and I'm like, just, no, you're, I'm not watching you at all. We finally got a live-action Dazzler. It wasn't Taylor Swift like everybody wanted it to be, but... Tay-Tay's actually too old to be Dazzler at this point. Which is weird to say, but you know, she's in her 30s now. Dazzle needs to be like a young, starting yeah. out star. So, I'll get there. Um, I think the gems look pretty cute in that outfit. No, you're thinking of Last Stand. Oh, shit. This would have been uh, Sansa Stark. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. And yes, I know her name is not Sansa Stark, but just to be familiar. <laughs> Uh, Howard the Duck. I, no, no, that <laughs> movie is, I, will, I will, no, Howard the Duck does not deserve the hate it gets. It was, it was a piece of the 80s that needs to be, I mean, come Howard on. the Duck is the reason we have Pixar movies now. All right. direct lineage of, okay. Howard the Duck almost bankrupting George Lucas, so he had to sell off a lot of assets, so he had to sell off Pixar, well, the company that became Pixar, so now we have Pixar movies, and we can thank Howard the Duck for the Pixar movies but that we have. I, I mean, it's a guitar playing duck from another dimension that hooks up with the Earth one. That is just like, I can't write anything better. Two words. Duck boobies. Yes, I mean, who doesn't want to say duck boobies? So first of all, I'm wondering whether I'm having an aneurysm, because I could swear we've done that one before. I think we might have done that one the first time. I think we did. But, uh, but here's, here's the good thing that I will say about Howard the Duck. The, the lack of success of the film is what led Leah Thompson to accept the role in some kind of movie. Uh, so, which is which is a pretty darn good film, and uh, you know she ended up marrying the director Howie Deutsch, and you know, they have a great family and a daughter who's now a successful actress. Holy uh, dog! Leah Thompson in Howard the Duck is personally responsible for my sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get, I mean, it's still Phoebe Cates for me. Oh, for sure. When you mentioned Kevin Klein earlier, I always said something about Phoebe Cates. Yeah. yeah. I will say this a lot of people didn't like the Guardians post credit scene with Howard the Duck. I actually oh, no, geeked out a little bit. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Seth Green is Howard the Duck and happened to show He's actually in Endgame, too, if you look closely. I'm all for more MCU Howard the Duck, for sure. Yeah, me too. wonder what happened to him. Oh, you know, probably, you know, you'd have Thanos. <laughs> they should have had, you know, I would have loved it if instead of Iron Man, yeah. it had been Howard the Duck that defeated Thanos. Howard the Duck was supposed to gauntlet on just... Yeah. <laughs>
the hate would have been so oh, so great. I would have loved it. Um, days of content on the internet. Jaws 3D. Also another Leah Thompson film. Yeah. Hey, 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 it's almost like these are stacked. Yes. Weird how it all works out. Uh, it was in 3D. That was pretty cool and pretty novel for the time. I remember seeing it in the theater. I remember wondering how the heck a shark got to SeaWorld in Orlando. Yeah. But, you know, hey. Dennis Quaid, hey. Yeah. Know. Got Dennis Quaid in the movie. You can't go wrong there. Enter space himself. Yeah. That's where I, but I have to mention, I guess I'm that nervous. Uh, so you titled this Defending Bad Movies 3D, this time it's personal. But this time it's personal was the tagline for Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally different movie. That one actually went back to the Brody family. It's a thing that happened. Oh I can, can I say bad things about Jaws the Revenge? Am I allowed to get it Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not in here. Okay, good deal. <laughs> All I can say is 3D movies in the 80s made me realize I needed glasses. So. That's probably the reason you have glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm surprised one lens isn't red and the other one blue. Oh, thank you. That'd be great. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I have to admit, it is the only Mortal Kombat film I haven't seen. Because I've seen the new one and I saw the original. And so. Should I go ahead and buzz you? Yeah. I just don't have anything to say because I haven't I got seen. nothing good to say about that horrible train wreck of a movie. <laughs> I don't remember if I've actually ever saw it. You should, you should consider yourself lucky. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's terrible. Even though I've been begging for a Nerd Cave Retro commentary track. I don't think I could get through it. Uh, we got through Double Dragon. I think we can get through it on your Yeah, but that at least had Alyssa Milano in it. <laughs> Teen Steve, gotta let it out. Did you remember that, Alyssa Milano? What? That was her, like, when she was on Who's the Boss, she had this, oh, like, yeah, she was these video cassettes that she could buy that were called Teen Steve, and it was like, uh, <laughs> like some kind of like workout slash motivational thing. Second time it's come up this weekend. <laughs> Superman Returns. You know, I don't think it's a bad film at all. I think it, you know, I don't know whether the idea of doing a direct sequel to Superman 2 was the wisest idea ever, but I thought Brandon Routh was great. Uh, you know, Kevin Spacey, yeah, okay, let's put aside the fact that the Kevin Spacey of it all, but as an actor, Kevin Spacey's pretty unimpeachable. Personal life, not so much, but... I think Brandon Ralph got a really raw deal. Agreed. I think he was a great Superman, great Clark Kent, and who doesn't love a movie where Superman is a, a deadbeat dad slash... <laughs> Creeper? Creeper. <laughs> hey, I, I'm just glad that Brandon Ralph got another stab at Superman on CW, because that was yeah, awesome. Was um, I really enjoyed the scene where he saved the airplane and the, you know, in the big baseball field and caught it in front of millions of people on his return. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of seeing the original Superman while I was a kid, having that little nostalgia feeling. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that was a really powerful scene of that movie. That bullet to the eye shot, too, that was, oh, that was yeah, amazing. That was that was awesome. Still one of the coolest effect shots I've ever seen. Wouldn't it be cool if we got a new movie with, you know, Henry Cavill, I think, is a great Superman as well, but we get Brandon Routh as, uh, uh, what's the reverse Superman? Bizarro. Bizarro. Oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be awesome. He's got, he's got enough comedic chops to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. I, watch. I hope everybody watches Legends of Tomorrow, because it's just a great show. 
Everybody's like, <laughs> if you don't, you shouldn't. I, I, liked, I liked the concept of the story that they had with Superman in terms of him being gone for several years. I just think it could have been pulled off a little bit better. And I, I, I didn't like the, I should buzz myself, but I, I didn't like the, how it had to be connected to the daughter films. Like it should have been a standalone movie. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Cats. Cats. <laughs> I, I mean, knowing that what the stage show is, I just didn't go see it. Yeah, I never watched it, but I know there's a whole cut out there where they were, where they put in cat buttholes, so I know I'm never going to watch it. Is that. that a real thing? I, if it is, I, I demand. It is a real thing. I demand they release the butthole cut right now. Oh Zack Snyder can get a four hour Justice League, and we can get a butthole cut. We need the four hour butthole cut. <laughs> I mean, you had me a butthole, man. <laughs> um, you know, I. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big musical theater person. My two favorite films are right in here. The uh, rest of musical theater is really not for me, but I, I to disrespect a, a theatrical legend piece like that with that movie. Well, if you've never seen Cats the movie, there's a really good episode of How Did This Get Made podcast where they do Cats, and that's all you really need yeah. instead of watching that movie. So it inspired a great podcast episode. Yes. That's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> Some people made some money on it. Is somebody back there defending cats? Like, <laughs> I heard about it hurt something. No, yeah, we're here. She's raising her hand. Are you defending cats? <laughs> I just, I love the musical so much. And so, I mean, okay, the movie's not great. But I did go and see it twice in theaters. So, I'm a person. So, yeah, you made up about 70% of its box office. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I actually have not seen the little Nicky, so I have nothing to contribute there. I like to have Popeye's chicken sliding down my neck hole too, so yeah. I'm, I'm there with the demons on the low. Does, does Rob Schneider pop up at some point and say, you can do it? No, I think he does, actually. No, yeah, then we're good. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie, I like, I like the character a little Nicky. I mean, not so much the movie. I mean, Harvey Keitel plays the devil. I was just going to say, did Harvey Keitel play yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. all right. Cool. Get down with that. I could see that. I didn't, but I could. It's it's not the worst Adam Sandler movie. Well, and that that would be the positive that I say about it. What is the worst Adam Sandler movie that I've seen? Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill's probably up there. I've never seen Jack and Jill, but a lot of people hate on the movie Pixels. I like that. Pixels fun. I don't I don't love it, but I can defend it. Some, I, I've actually firsthand seen some of the props from them. Prop work in that movie is incredible. The effects in that movie are incredible. Peter Dinklage basically playing yes. the guy from The King of Pop. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Billy yeah. Mitchell. Uh, yeah, uh, genius. Perfect casting. Yes. But the comedy of it, not so much. Yeah. Other than Peter Dinklage playing Billy Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been another installment of Defending Bad Movies. Hopefully, we'll be back next year. What the title of it will be, I have no idea. We only have to wait seven more months. Yeah, yeah. true. Another one. True. Maybe we'll do forty. We have a reboot. I mean, they're going to reboot Highlander at this point. Oh, well, that's right. They are. Yeah, with Henry Cavill. Yeah, I was reading about that yesterday. So yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe that's Defending Bad Movies the reboot. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Just cool. don't ask me to defend Highlander too. We have another Scotsman that can play a Spaniard. In the movie? Uh, David Tennant. I'm okay. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thanks again to everyone who attended the Defending Bad Movies panel at Pensacon, and thank you to those who watched the live portion of this week's show. For next week, I'll be chatting with one half of the hip-hop group tag team, Mr. DC Glenn, who has also been branching out into acting. So he'll be joining the show next week. Can't wait for you guys to hear that really fun conversation. It's one that when I started the show years ago, I didn't think there'd be any possibility that, you know, if you were to give me a list of people that I would chat with, he would not have been on it. So really cool. Can't wait for you guys to hear that really fun discussion on next week's show. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your fine podcasts for free. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. If you want to watch the video versions, they're on YouTube as well as directly on Facebook. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash D Diamond Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Thursday.